is what I have instead of coffee. Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. I'm Zach. And we're going to talk about giant robots. Yeah, because robots are awesome. Robots are awesome, especially when they're gigantic. You know, I'm constantly reminded of robots because I have, like, the world's most random robot tattoo on my arm. What's your robot tattoo? Uh, I, you know... Or is I, it just a random robot? I literally got stoned one day. I was hanging out with Squee, uh, and we were just bored. I think this was when we were unemployed. Hmm. And we were just watching, like, How I Met Your Mother and whatever other ridiculous shit she wanted to watch. And uh, I was like, you know what I want to do today? I want to get a tattoo. That's what I want to do. It's a good call. Yeah. And I know of what. We just went to the tattoo studio, and I was like, I don't know, man. Robots are cool. Literally the same way we got this podcast going. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, he, I was like, I want to give me like a 1980s, like, you know, old school mech Power Ranger looking dude, and that's what I got. Totally original. All the colors worn off. I, I have to get redone. That's unfortunate. It is. I wish I was still in the Gundams more. Like, I thought about getting some of those, uh, uh, what are they, the models or whatever? I was I was contemplating ordering a Gundam model today, actually. I have one sitting on top of my humidor right now, a Leo model. I mean, maybe if I get some money again, I'll get one. Like, I look at, the ones that I don't want are really cheap. I mean, the like, one that I built is literally, like, $10. Yeah, but you like some of the stuff that I don't care for, like... The store down the street for me, you know, they'll sell the, uh, like, I think, what is it, the Leo model or whatever? Yeah, that's the one that I have on my humidor. That's, and like, I, I one of my favorite mobile suits. Yeah, and see, I don't want to fucking do that. I don't... I don't give a shit about the Leo model at all. I want, like, Heavy Arms Custom or something. And those are always a pretty penny. I mean, I like those, too, but they're not that terribly expensive. Like, you can get, like, a Heavy Arms for, like, $20. I guess just not at the, the shop that I go to. I mean, like, on Amazon. Yeah, like, I'm trying not to even use Amazon right now. Because they're... It's not entirely their fault, but it's taken me... I, I don't know how many months to get this stupid Animal Crossing thing. Well, and yeah, I mean, you're right. That That's not necessarily their fault, because they're just kind of the storefront. They're not actually the seller. Yeah. It's actually the vendor you purchased from. It's a little bit of both, which is understandable because, you know, coronavirus and stuff. But Yeah, like they, they stopped stocking items that aren't essential for a long period of time. I think they're also just having trouble getting getting things out to people. Oh, for sure. Like stuff that I ordered that normally would be next day is taking a week. And there's no yeah. options for shipping either. It's just like, hey, do you want this Monday? Okay, cool. That's when it's going to be there. <laughs> Good. I have news. Um, so I'm going to start this off with a difficult question. Sure. What is your favorite giant robot? Just in general? It's in general. I oh. said it's a tough question. Like, if you gotta pick one, like if that if you get a giant robot and it's yours for real, what what is the giant robot that you're gonna go with? Mad Cat. From Mech Warrior? Yep. 
All right, let, let's take a look at the Mad Cat, because I don't think that would be my choice. I don't know why that's my choice, but I used to use it all the time when I used to play uh, Mech Warrior 3, and the Mad Cat is just a goddamn beast. Yeah, I mean, that's like the iconic Mech, Mech Warrior Mech. Mech. Yeah. Like, it's got the rocket pods, and I mean, yeah. Other than that, it would be regular Heavy Arms. Like, I love Heavy Arms Custom, but, I don't know, I loved watching Heavy Arms run out of ammo and be like, well, I'm pulling out this bitch knife and stabbing some motherfuckers, like... I mean, the army knife is pretty dope, not gonna yeah. lie. So, I don't know, that's probably my second choice. What about you? Um, I would probably go with Ninebreaker from Armored Core. I never got that much into Armored Core. It was um, it was a good chunk of my childhood. Well, and it, and it's not because I dislike Armored Core. Um, I actually really hated the gameplay of Armored Core, but that's most people this, couldn't deal with the controls. All of this is honestly because I didn't have a PlayStation Two, which is where I played most of these games. So it'd be like spending the night at someone's house and like loading up their game file and making a terrible robot because I didn't know what I was doing, and then losing immediately on every mission like the concept of it was great but i always had more fun building the robots than like yeah i spent thousands of hours in the garage just messing with configurations and putting together different mechs and like drawing custom artwork for their little shoulder that was probably like two pixels wide like you couldn't even see it in the actual game or you could just see color it wouldn't actually look like an image of any sort right um but like Armored Core Master of Arena was like that was like my white whale as a kid. Like that was the game I couldn't find anywhere. We went to like every game store anytime we went anywhere. And I eventually found it in the Mall of America at a little like game shop in like a corner of the mall. And they had one copy and it was like ninety dollars. And I was like, Mom, we've went to every game store to find this. I'm going to continue making you go to every game store until you buy this. I mostly did that with CDs, to be honest, because I always had obscure music tastes. And so, you know, it's not like in the old days you couldn't just be like, I'm going to go order this from Japan or something. Yeah. Um, You know, maybe some record stores would order them for you, but by the time that they started doing that in mass, like, you also could just do it yourself. Um. Yeah. What was your first big robot game? I'm trying to think if there was like anything Super Nintendo because I didn't actually play the Gundam 2D fighting game until like high school on an emulator. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any like, were there any giant robot Super Nintendo games? Because like, I think Armored Core might have been my first like giant robot game. I gotta say, I so I played a lot of obscure games growing up because my dad, like, always being interested in games and technology, would just pick things up or be given things from random people. So my first giant robot game was Genome by 7th Level, which if you've not heard of that, it's totally okay because nobody did after that. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. Okay, yeah, no, I'd never, never heard of this. Yeah. It's interesting. There's not very much on it either. There were, I mean, it was back in the day where there just wasn't going to be. 
You know what I mean? Um, but you could get out. Like, there was, like, four different factions, and they had different kinds of robots, and you could get out of yours and jump into theirs and, you know, steal shit. And there was very basic missions. I mean, it was... It was back when, like, there wasn't much 3D, so having, like, five whole textures in a scene was like, whoa. Okay, so I guess I guess I was aware of, like, I did play MechWarrior, and I played, for me, but and I I played Battletech. Well, and you also played uh, Shogo. Yeah, but I didn't play that until after Armored Core. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play that until after, uh, after I played, like, the Mech Warrior games and whatnot. I was just trying to think if there was, like, anything older, but yeah, like, Battletech and Mech Warrior. Um, like, I remember seeing Battletech on TV when I was really little. Um, so I definitely, I definitely played the old Battletech games. That was probably the first thing. I played, so I had the tabletop game, which none of us played because we weren't. I played the recent edition of that, and it was cool, but it was overly complex. Yeah, that's all the old one was. Uh, But we did, like, my buddy's dad was really into, like, robot military stuff. So we played, you know, we played MechWarrior 2 and 3, and I got fairly decent at those. And then we played a lot of Mech Commander. I was a big fan of Mech Commander, which was one of the reasons I really wanted to like the new Battletech game, but... Okay. It's not really doing it for me. <laughs> so I'm not sure which of these was first for me. I played MechWarrior 3050 on Super Nintendo, which was really bad, by the way. Um, I'm not familiar with that one. And then I played Metal Combat, which is technically a mech game. It's the Super Scope game where you're in a mech fighting other mechs. Like you have to shoot them. I think I sent you a video of it. Um, but basically like these mechs are on like a 2d field and they move back and forth and shoot missiles and stuff at you that you have to shoot out of the air with your super scope, which is like a bazooka peripheral, like a light gun. Um, that was probably like the game that I spent the most time on early on. That was a mech game because I played thousands of hours of this game. Um, and it had an interesting second player feature as well where the person with a controller could like can, it could control your like secondary functions so like your shields and stuff like that and like pre-charge shots for you it was really interesting that's pretty dope i like that yeah so like even if you're not controlling the gun you're at least like doing something interesting and you can actually like it's almost like a mini game where you're like trying to charge shots between shots because you'd have like a secondary shot meter mm-hmm. and like i remember playing solo and i'd be using the super scope with one hand and using a controller to control the secondary charge with my other hand oh. yeah um the joys of living alone like well not alone but like being an only child like with no friends within an hour and a half of your house I remember in middle school, we were all really into um, Gundam stuff. Like, that's when I did a lot of my Gundam figures and all that. Yeah, I mean, like, when Gundam Wing came on Toonami, that was the only thing I cared about. Um, I I played a Gundam uh, text RPG through a message board. 
I did that briefly. And you would, so the way it worked is like you would go into battles with other people. Like each player would get control of like one region. So you'd have somebody that was like in charge of the Romafeller Foundation and another group that was like in charge of the White Fang and the Sank Kingdom. And you would basically like accrue credits by doing these missions and forums basically like an old school written RPG where you like write out your actions. Oh yeah. No, I remember form based RPG. So, but then we had chat. So we would do chat room battles. So yep. you would have to type like, you know, missile attack and then type three, two, one before the other person typed dodge or block before yeah. the count got down to one. And you'd have to have a third party in there as a referee because you could never count on people's connections because some people would see that they typed it out before the one. And then you might see that they typed it out after. So you'd have to have the referee ruling whether or not they saw it first or last. That actually sounds really tedious. Yeah. So there was a lot of like backhanded, like pay off the judge sort of thing going on. See, we used to do that with, uh, I did a little bit with Gundam, but I think most of what we did was like Dragon Ball, Harry Potter, and just general like fantasy shit. Like, yeah. we all wanted to play D&D, but... Harry Potter was not around when I was doing this. <laughs> it was like early days of like forums. Harry Potter was around around the time that I had like stopped. Like yeah. the last people that were trying to get me to do it, I, I was like, yeah, and I would stick with it for like a weekend and then be like, I don't really care that much about Harry Potter, so... I want to say I was about 13 when that was over. I was probably about 13 or so when I stopped. So. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting. Like, I, I think that was probably the most interesting Gundam thing that I did or like giant robot thing that I was involved in. Cause that went on for like two years that I did that. And I made a bunch of friends through that. And I like, I don't know where any of them are now. Like the forum just disappeared one day because the guy that was paying for the board just stopped paying for that hosting. Yep. Um, and that was real depressing. I was real sad when that happened. Um, and I was, I, I've searched for those people and I've posted on like the Gundam reddits and stuff saying like, Hey, if you were a part of this, let me know. I'd love to say hi. And I've never gotten a response from anybody saying like, you know, like, oh yeah, I was there. Just a bunch of other people that are like, oh man, I wish I had been there. <laughs> so it's unfortunate because you know the the problem with the internet is once one of those things goes away, like trying to find those people again is damn near impossible. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I've made plenty of friends online where I'm like, well, I'm never gonna see or talk to that person again. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Oh, well. So did you, uh, well, let me ask you this first. What's your least favorite giant robot? My least favorite giant robot, like, period? Yeah. I don't know. There's so many I don't give a shit about. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot that I don't care about, but there's not that many that I actively dislike. If that Uh, makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. What was... I think it was, like, the original Battletech uh, animated series. Yeah. Like, everything from that. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about you. I hate all of it. Which, unfortunately, was the inspiration for my tattoo. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Here's the thing. 1990s, everything got edgy. 
and that got real old by the 2000s, but I think in the 90s, they really had it, because in the 80s, everything looked stiff and stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, people were like, how could you realistically make a robot? And the most creative idea was like, I don't know, something that looks like a bunch of cardboard boxes pasted together and then painted. Mm. Um, and then in the 90s, they got to a point where they were like, you know what would be really cool? Slick, bulletproof windows, black, and guns on everything. Right. And I was fine from there on, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and there's not that many that I actively hate, but I never liked the stuff, like, um, gosh, what is that one? Um, fuck, I can't think of the name now. Like, I can picture it in my head. Um, oh, the Iron Giant. I didn't mind the Iron Giant. I, I did not like the look of the Iron Giant. <laughs> I don't like the way this is looking at me. I mean, honestly, that's kind of all that matters, right? Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, we could we could do the, like, you know, comic book battles. Like, who would win? Do fucking Tall Geese or Mad Cat? I mean, I would say Tall Geese just because speed. And also, that's I think speed. it's way bigger. <laughs> yeah, and also probably way bigger. Like now, I'm curious. So the tall geese is seventeen point four meters tall. Come on. Why? Why are you not searching? Right, here's the one that always gets me. How do you feel about G Gundam? Oh gosh. Um I guess I didn't really like it. Like it's okay ish, but I just I never got into it. It didn't do anything for me. I think it's a little too like manga old school Japanese style for my taste. Yeah. Like every weeb that I know that I'm personally friends with is like G Gundam is my favorite. And it has to be probably, I think the worst thing that I've ever seen happen inside of the Gundam universe. <laughs> like I just can't. God, there's like no good. How is there not like good mech warrior specs? Like, I would imagine that would have been the first thing that popped up when I searched for an image of this. But no. Mac Living Legends. Let's see. 75 tons. Okay, I don't need to know the weight. I need to know the height. There's like no no good info on how tall this thing is. Like there's a 3D model I can spin around that's real neat. 
I feel like the thing with robots always in the day was all of the useless specifications. Which one are you looking up, Toggies? No, that's 17.4 meters. I was trying to find the Mad Cat height. But also, I mean, Toggies just wins by default because it can fly. Like, fast. Like, insanely fast. So it looks like anywhere from 8 to 14 meters tall. Okay, so Tall Geese is bigger, faster, and probably has a bigger gun. Yeah, but is it as cool? <laughs> I would argue that it is. I wouldn't. I, I think Tall Geese is one of the coolest looking because it's very, like, Romanesque and very, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it has that iconic mech look to it. Not like in the sense of like Mech Warrior, but in the sense of like, I made a giant suit of armor that's 17 meters tall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, mobile I, armor. I guess I just don't give a shit about the Roman look at all. And and just Toggies. I just don't give a shit about Toggies. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I think it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, what was the one that came before Toggies that that dude used? Toggies was the original. Like, before that, he was in, like, a Leo. What was the one after that, though? Toggies 2. No. Um, you're thinking of Epion. Yeah. With the whip. Uh, Epsilon or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Epion, E-P-Y-O-N, yeah. I was down with that. That was pretty cool. See, I, I felt like that was too edgelord. I guess it was all about the edgelord thing back in the day. You know what I mean? And yeah, I absolutely like I thought it was cool, but I was like, this feels like they're trying really hard to make this cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so it, I was in a I was in a Gundam like club back in uh private school. Oh man. And we you all had, had people where you went to school. Do what? You had people where you went to school. There are only like ten of them. Um which made it easy because my private school was real small. I mean, my private school was like 50 people from kindergarten to 12th grade. Mine was six. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, you tell me about small schools. So, you know, everybody got to pick, like, this is which, like, Gundam thing that, that I, like, am. Like, you picked your own mascot. But I was right. the last person, so I just kind of got whatever was left. And so I always ended up as uh, Sandrock. Yeah, I never liked Sandrock, but not because of Sandrock. I never liked Sandrock because Catra was such a bitch. He was such a bitch, but I liked Catra. I liked Catra because everybody hated him. And I liked Sandrock even though it was not even arguably the worst of all of the Gundams in that series. Also, Sandrock was the only dude that had a posse of mobile suits. <laughs> he had the Magnoc core, which was pretty dope. Like, these hardcore, like, Arabian warriors. I mean, the best character in that series, and we were talking about this earlier, was still a hero. Yeah, he was he was a little too hardcore. I'll blow some shit up. It's like, oh, I bet you won't kill yourself. I bet you I will. <laughs> How fast do you think I can do it? But the problem was, he was so hardcore, he couldn't kill himself. Like, he kept trying and failed. You know... That was the premise of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. <laughs> that makes sense. I was a big fan of that uh, um, comic. So, 
I also thought like duo Maxwell was kind of a badass in the wing series just because he was kind of like the, like the consummate professional, like assassin. Like he had the death scythe, which was like, you know, the stealth assassination, uh, Gundam. But then he also was just like very like all about his business. And like, we do this the right way, like pay off my dealer, you know, sort of deal. Um, he was he was like the most straightforward of all of them. I felt like, and then Troa was just like the psycho like circus act that just was like, well, I'm gonna die, but I may as well like you know pet this lion because it's afraid of me. <laughs> you know, I have more appreciation for him as an adult. Like as a child, I was like, this dude's boring. I don't give a fuck whatever's going on with him. Like his gunman was dope. The shit yeah. that it could do was dope, but I was like, yeah, I just don't care. There's, he had really no interesting storyline. None. And then as you get older and you look at him, you're like, this dude was contemplating everything that he was. Like, he was probably the most adult out of all of the characters. Oh, for sure. I mean, Katra was kind of, he was kind of the same. He was very, like, conscious of, like, the group and, like, trying to, like, make the team work together for the greater good sort of thing. But he was also kind of naive. Like, he wanted to see the good in everybody. But that's, like, a that's a character flaw, not a, like, you know, childish thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty naive. But he, he, he had that kind of, like, grew up in a nice, privileged environment kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he was a prince. As to where everyone else was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hero was, like, literally, like, left for dead sort of you know throwaway child yeah um but so i don't think you watched iron-blooded orphans right i, I did not ever get around so to it, no. that one was kind of interesting in that it didn't have that many mobile suits in it like they were kind of a like gundams were like legitimately like almost completely absent in that history um they had the barbados which is or barbados as they say um which was basically like a remnant leftover piece of history um yeah and then there were like the giant military corporation had like a couple of prototype giant mobile suits and like the gundams were they were all but non-existent and the best pilots were actually children that had gone through surgery to have their nervous system interfaced with a mechanical hookup. So they could basically interface through their nervous system directly through like their spine. So they had like this metal, like not like, so it's like even knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Or like think matrix when they like Jack in. But, like, if that thing was, like, having a router on your back. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, just a hole in your back. It was, a like, a router sitting on top of your back, like, soldered into your spine. All right, so legitimate question, though, just regarding the Matrix while, while we're talking about that. <laughs> okay. So, I understand jacking in, right? That makes sense. Um, it's better than but, the al- you alternative, I suppose. But you can't jack out, right? I, th- I think the term is jack off. Jack off, right. So that's my question. Do you jack off in the Matrix? Is that how that works? 
So the problem is, if you jack off before you save an exit, your brain dies. Basically, it's like, while there's a running connection, if you sever the connection, both ends go dead. Like, you cut the line. But if you so close the connection, you then... You die by jacking off, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they murder people by jacking them off in that movie. It's a family-friendly movie right there. Yeah, just... I mean, it's not to begin with, but... So... Do you think we're gonna? Do you think we're gonna see mechs in our lifetime? Do you think robots? I mean, yes. They're. I don't think in military warfare because they'd be widely ineffective. Um, but we we already do have them. I mean, I just kind of like I know like AI and robots and shit like that's all happening, and I know that like Japan especially has been like, look at our mock up giant robots and shit. So you're not you're not gonna see like. Um, you're not going to see a military Gundam-esque, like, bipedal okay. robot, because before we have you, tanks and drones. Before you stand on that hill, okay, um, we're also pushing more and more into space. Yeah, but they don't need you legs know. there. True. And maybe they won't look like, you know, that's, Gundams necessarily. Well, and that's what I'm like, saying is, like... You're not going to see like a bipedal Gundam-esque robot. You're going to see drones and like AI piloted jets and tanks. There's no reason to have it be bipedal. Like, I mean, I guess it's a flaw I, I in the design. Like, like, hey, this thing has two legs. It's like an ATAT. Like, fucking wrap the legs up and it's done, right? Whereas, like, that's why we have tank treads and. That's why we have jets because they go but fast. We, but let's say we want to like land them somewhere, right? Well, like, then we have gonna, like the lunar lander that has tank treads. But like not just in space. All right, like say you're not going to want to drop a tank out of the air, right? I mean, we do. Be position, but we do that. Could... We drop them out of C-130s with parachutes. Sure. Yeah, but that's different than dropping them out of orbit. I guess is. is... Like, do you want something that can go over any terrain that you can drop from space? I mean, like tanks work to a certain spot, but tanks even have their own mobility crush to a certain degree. But if you can get a certain amount of height, I think you I think we end up with I think we we end up seeing, you know, like I forget the name of it. There's a quadruped robot that they like kick and knock down and it gets up. Yeah, like the, the dog-looking thing. Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing you see. I, I don't think that or like a more of like a spider-like thing that can you know. Yeah, you, you see stuff that can traverse well, but I don't think we ever see. You know, we're never going to see an active, you know, like a Pacific Rim-esque Jaeger like fighting a giant monster or whatever. Here's the other reason why I I'm skeptical on that as well because i also know that they're you know we got us and many other countries working on like discovering the brain and learning how to you know mess with different parts of it and hook it up to computers and all that so i guess if you did that and you wanted to hook that up to a giant robot to fight or explore or something right you would want it to be bipedal not necessarily because it would be optimal for the terrain but because it would be the easiest for the brain to be able to control because it would be the most like a human body. See, I don't know about that. Like, I feel like 
we're kind of on that path already where we've got people flying drones and we've got people driving tanks with Xbox controllers. Right. I, I don't know that I see them going bipedal because it doesn't actually benefit the user. The user is just mentally saying, go forward, go left, go right. They don't care about the functionality of the legs. Like if you watch Pacific Rim, like that's an extremely big disadvantage where they have to have one person controlling the left side and one person controlling the right side. Well, that's why you would just hook the whole thing up to the brain and let it. Well, that's what they did. But it would be a lot easier if like, you know, if you thought about moving your arm like you would in real life, it would move the robot arm. That would be hard to do if you had extra or missing limbs. I can so, feel like it would be hard for your brain to make that. Im- Not that it would be impossible. I guess it would be possible. But... So I don't, you haven't seen Pacific Rim, right? I've seen the first one. Okay. Cause that's basically how that works, right? Like they've got essentially a VR headset that's plugged into their spine and their suit is the controller. And when they move their arm or their leg, it controls the left side or the right side of the robot. And they have to sync up so that the robot works correctly. Right. So in theory, if we gave somebody all that control, why do we want them to control every articulation as far as like your arm moving? I would rather have a robot that can go way outside the capabilities of the human body. Like that's the point of a robot, right? So like like give it the spider legs or give it the tank treads, give it a hover body and let it move freely don't worry about like, oh, I've got to move my legs and damn it, I've walked 10 miles in this robot and I'm tired of running. <laughs> like, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me to force the person to actually like move their body. It makes more sense to let them just control it with their mind, which is basically how a Gundam worked. Where like when you look at the cockpit views of the combat, they're basically playing a video game where they've got controllers with, you know, hot map buttons I imagine you would still have that. Like, even if you were controlling with your brain. Like, there's one thing about being able to make the robot move and react, and you want that to be as fast as your reaction time can be. Yeah. But you... I don't like the VR idea. Like, you would still need to be able to look at... Like, hey, I'm taking this much damage, or I'm running out of ammo, or fuel, or whatever the fuck. Right. So, I mean... But I also see... I, I think human beings over time are also growing to be better at multitasking. Which yeah, help with that. for sure. Give me one second. I'm going to let my dog out of the room here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dog was losing her mind over there. Of course. Um... But no, I, I I feel like it's wrong for us to not go that direction. Um, I worry about the direction that we're going with technology sometimes. Like, as soon as they start being like, we're going to microchip workers so we can see what they're doing all day. Yeah. Well, there's like a... I like that. There's definitely like a function over form thing. Like, I feel like if we had kept going the direction of like this needs to look cool and in addition to work well things would be different 
than they are currently. Like, look at cars, for example. Most cars look, you know, however they look, at the cost of um, performance. And that's that's something that you don't see in, like, the military. It's all performance. <coughs> like, I you don't like, see Zeppelins. I think that's a big flaw to our culture, though. Like, I think <coughs> aesthetics are important as well. This is actually something I was reading about when it came to uh, the three main Eastern religions, like Taoism, Confucianism, and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, they talk about how having tradition and ceremony and aesthetics are all important. And when people are like, why? This stuff is just made up. It literally doesn't matter. And he's just like, yeah, no, it's just like, it's good for the soul. Like, it's just good for habits. And like, you're right. It's meaningless, but you should still do it. Right. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we need more of that. Like, I really hate when people talk about cars now. Because I'm just like, you know, it's like, which one, which car do you like? This car or that car? They both look the same. Right. Under the hood, they're slightly different. Great. Don't care. As long as it gets me to work, I don't give a shit. It's not like the old days where you could be like, oh, this one has like sick fins and weird colors or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's never made sense to me. Kind of similar to the whole issue with like MMOs, they'll give you like, you know, pink shoulder pads and a belly shirt chainmail vest to encourage you to spend money on premium currency or to level up and spend time. Yeah. Whereas like, why don't you make me look fucking awesome from start to finish and just different kinds of awesome throughout? (laughs) You know, I kind of wonder if like the militaries in the Gundam universe work that way though. Because, like, take the Leo model, for example. There's, like, a hundred million of those. Like, some of the older Gundams, there's... I don't remember what they're called, but there's a couple of different variations of mechs that, like, the common guys always have. And there's, like, one or two versions of this fucking thing. Right, so there's, like, the Leo, the Ares... Well, you would have, like, the Leo, but you would have, like... Okay, since you would have, like, 15 different versions of the Leo, this one's got this gun, this one's got this armor, and it's kind of like the, uh, like, Stormtroopers... Yeah. Uh, like, if you're not really into Star Wars, they're stormtroopers. But if you are into Star-, Star Wars, you realize there's, like, 40 different kinds of stormtroopers. Right, there's different scout troopers, death troopers, space troopers, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're so they're equipped for all different environments, right? I wonder if it works like this, like, if there's, like, a military currency, you know what I mean? Right. Where they're like, hey, you get Leo, or you can get, like, Leo in blue. You need, like, the premium currency to get Leo with, like, a special gun. <laughs> oh god yeah i mean like i've i've wondered that with cars too though like why does a honda civic have to look boring compared to you know like i, I don't i don't know cars like i'm trying to think of a fancy car that's not like a lamborghini because that's not like the same a level jet. of performance yeah. Must, mu- mustangs yeah why, why doesn't a why can't a why can't a Honda Civic look like a Mustang? Like, why can't it look cool? Yeah. Like, the only thing that makes a Mustang cool is the way it looks. I know people are going to be like, oh, but it's faster and it sounds so cool. Yeah. But we have the technology to make a Honda Civic look and sound like that now. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I mean, it's it's just so... We're all driving at, you know, we're all driving at 70 miles an hour average on the highway. Like, yeah, you might, like, gun it and go to 90, 100 once a year, you know? Yeah, but that's my favorite thing. Like, oh, this can go to, like, from zero to 90 in so many seconds. Like, great, you're never going to get past, like, 60 anyway good luck (laughs) right like if you're if you're going for you know speed and performance buy a dragster like those go really fast i wonder if there's a space equivalent of that like there's a lot of star trek episodes where they're like you know in early star trek you're like warp five is like you know that's top speed and then later on you're like they they get all the way up to like warp nine and like warp 9.5 and you're like We'd go higher, but warp 10 is just, like, it's not even theoretically possible. And then they figure out how to make that happen, too. And I'm like, is there any point in space where you're just like, you know, the speed's unnecessary now? (laughs) Right. I mean, I guess not, right? If space is is really vast and empty. Unless there's just nothing there. You know... I kind of feel like space is is honestly more like Skyrim. Like, yeah, it's really big, but there's not a lot to look at. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I think that's true. I I think it's got the no man's sky syndrome where there's a ton of planets, but there's no reason to go to any of them (laughs) there. You know, there's nothing there for you. And even if you theoretically made it possible for you to survive there, why would you like, yeah, I, I can go to the hair salon that all the girls like to get their hair done at but I don't have that hair and I have no interest in being there. So why would I, why would I go there? Yeah. Right. Or like, you know, for me, like I don't like sports. Like I could get, you know, Super Bowl tickets. Uh, I suppose if I really focused on that and nothing else, you know what I mean? Yeah. But why would I go to all that effort when I don't even give a shit about football? It doesn't so make what sense. About, what about the aliens? Cause you know, there's gotta be aliens out there. Are you on, are you on team? There's definitely aliens. <laughs> Uh, no, not, not in the sense that you're looking for. Like, I think it's possible there is like amoeba on another planet somewhere. Let's let's talk intelligent life. Cause you know, I'll agree. I think it's, it's too easy to say that there has to be like amoeba or like still cell organisms somewhere. Right. No, I I don't think there's intelligent life elsewhere. I I don't, (laughs) I don't think on the same level that we are on, I'm not saying it's impossible. I don't know, but I don't think that there's any discoverable or meaningful life because I feel like there's not going to be a planet that's evolved exactly like ours that would require evolution of people exactly like we have. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like, like us, like what that would mean necessarily. I don't, I don't think there's spacemen flying UFOs, if that's what we're looking for i don't know like i feel like if there's life out there somewhere like some like i I find it hard to believe that we would be the only case of something that survived long enough to learn that the universe was a thing that existed you know what i mean i mean at that point do they have space travel because i imagine that would happen like do they are they going to have language or even the same kind or a calendar or anything like we have i don't know right realistically realistically what is the reason for space travel other than for the sake of exploration uh a lot a lot of reasons like for one being in an unsustainable uh solar system or a planet i mean aside from us fucking up our own environment you know 
we live on a pretty stable planet in a pretty stable solar system at the moment. So for us, it's it's exploration or using that as an excuse to kill people on the other side of the planet. Um, but I imagine there would be other circumstances where that would be necessary. I I I guess my theory is any civilization that discovers that their planet is dying is already too late to solve the issue of space travel and colonization to another planet. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll find out, right? Like, yeah, I guess we'll find out. I don't, I mean, you have a point because at a certain point, like what is the point that you understand? Right. Right. Is it like, this has already started happening and uh, the planet's going to be on fire long before it blows up and we just have no chance. Yeah, I mean, like, according to, like... Global warming, where it's like, you've got a couple of years and then, I don't know, man. It's like, gonna get according to Elon Musk and, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, even if we found out that a meteor was going to hit the Earth in two years, we wouldn't have enough time to do anything about it. I don't know that that's true. I feel like I mean, I don't I don't know either, but I'm also not as qualified as they are to say so. So I have to defer to their knowledge. Here's I don't know. I listen to Elon Musk talk all the time and there's a lot of things where I'm like, this dude is a fucking goddamn genius. And other parts where I'm listening to him and I'm like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Which I guess is just true for anybody, right? I feel like he has a fairly good grasp on space travel, given his track record with rockets. I don't question his knowledge on how things work, because I think he's very smart when it comes to that. And I don't, I'm not even necessarily against what he thinks is immediately or inevitably possible, because I think he's pretty fucking solid on that as well. Um, But I don't know. Like, I've listened to some of his talks where I'm like, and so don't get me wrong either. I actually very much dislike Neil deGrasse Tyson. I actually think he's just very, very, I, I don't even know what the word is for. He's very, uh, pompous. He's very, I can't be wrong. Um, I find him irritating to listen to speak. I don't think he's a good speaker. I think he's a good scientist. Um, but I, I don't know that I would have ever been like, that's the guy we should have be a spokesperson for science. Um, like Bill Nye is good. unfortunately a better spokesperson while being a not scientist. Yeah, right. Um, not like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think you get a certain air of that pompousness after a while from people asking you dumb things on a regular basis. I'm, and sure, I I mean, I give him all the credit in the world for being intelligent. I'm just saying I find him unlistenable. Like, no, he's I, so hard to pay attention to. Honestly, like, you have to be really into what they're talking about because I find Richard Dawkins to be the same way. Yeah. And, like, I made it through, I made it through the Joe Rogan podcast with Tyson. Um and I, I tried to listen to him interview Edward Snowden, and I had to turn it off because he did nothing but interrupt him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but, like, you're interrupting somebody that's an expert in the life that they're living, and you're trying to, like, argue with him on how he's 
successfully stayed alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sure, you might have a good idea, but you know, his thing worked. <laughs> like, he's still alive and happy. Like, not as happy as he could be, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, when I was listening to the interview, he's just like, yeah, but, you know, you could do it this way. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, but, like, you're a scientist. You're not You're not Snowden. Like, it's a very different thing. No, but I think that's part of being a scientist, right, is, or even an engineer, is trying to look at every situation and be like, here's all the other ways that this could be done. Like, what's the, like, that's just that kind of thinking, you know what I mean? I do, and it's it's just very difficult to listen to. But my point is, he's not a good, like, interviewer or spokesperson because he can't just listen and ask questions. You know, He's very bad at, like, allowing the person to get their thought out. Whereas, like, Rogan, I, I like listening to his podcast with people because he is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Please tell me. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. willing to ask the dumbass question, knowing full well he might sound dumb to people that know the answer. I think some of that is just the way Americans are. Yeah. To be honest. Because, like, we've always had trouble, or we've had trouble with science for a very long time in this country. And we don't, we're not good at getting across to any ideas in this country at all. Or we're very bad at it. Like, either it's overly complicated or it's condescendingly simple with not enough information. Like, that's everything that we do. Yeah. And science is one of those things that's really hard to communicate. And so even the people we have that can communicate it aren't great. Right. You're like, you're like, Bill Nye's not even that great, and he's one of the best that we have. Right, and also not a scientist. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I mean, you know science, though. I mean, never, it's close. But um, He slept in a holiday, and it's close. I, I, I think the British have it a little better. Uh, because they've they've like perfected years of debate and conversation, and it's boring as shit, especially as an American. But I think Dawkins got so much experience debating people in like Australia and Africa and America that he can't do that anymore. Yeah, like like most British people, like if you watch, uh, oh god, what's uh. The anarchist communist dude that fucking died. I can't remember what his name is. There's a lot of like really dry British people that talk. <laughs> you could have just stopped. Yes, they do talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very dry. And then Richard Dawkins just gets pissed and like easily baited. You know, most right. British people debating don't get baited that easily. They're just like, I'll take your insult and move on very cleanly to show that I am superior. Richard Dawkins has a problem with that. I'm like, you've been arguing with the wrong people too long, man. Yeah, he's like, he's like ready to like take his shirt off and fucking, yeah, he's ready to go. Absolutely. No, I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting thing that our, our scientists are so diverse, and I think it's good to have the American point of view as well as the British and German and Russian and you know, Chinese and Japanese. There's all these different cultures mixed in with knowledge that you get a different perspective on the same topic. I think our perspective is needed, um, especially since America has given a lot of great contributions to science over the recent history. Yeah. Um, but we need to be better at communicating that shit to the public, because we're so not good at that. 
Well, and I think that's why Elon Musk is important. He is, he's so successful and like, he's got that Tony Stark air about him where, you know, he's not being told what to do by somebody because they've got money. And like the fact that he's selling his homes, like he has houses, like million dollar mansions that he loves. And he's like, I'm sad about selling these, but I'm selling them so that people can't hold possessions over my head. Like he's preparing for people to question everything that he says and does. And he just wants to make it as easy as possible for his theories to succeed. Um, I think that's fascinating, but also I find it strange to be like, I'm going to sell all of my homes, but also have a newborn child. And then, you know, it's like, okay, so where are you living? Where does your child live? Like, are you just selling your homes and your, your wife is keeping her home? I don't understand. I, so I'm kind of interested because he, I feel like his point of view on things is changing. Oh, for sure. Compared to the last Rogan interview and the current one, it was like night and day. And I'm kind of wondering where that's going to go because one of the problems I've always had with Elon Musk is just how very capitalist he is, right? Right. And he has reason to be. Yeah. I'll give him that because he's done very well in that system. And he works hard. Like, there's no questioning it. Sure. Uh, But I don't think that system is going to work much longer. And I think he's starting to realize that as well. I think that's why he's doing the stuff like sell my house. Like a lot of CEOs, a lot of billionaires have been coming around going like, dude, shit's fucked up and people are going to come for us soon. Like we need to be concerned about this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to, cause I think you're right. I think he is doing every, trying to figure out how he can survive or make his ideas survive rather. Yeah. And I, I think, I think he's already done maybe more historically for science and technology than most other people. Like the fact that he's got reusable rockets, he's privatized space travel. Like I'm always he's not going to be the last one to do this. Like, I don't see stuff like privatizing space travel to be a good thing. No, what I'm what I'm getting at is he's made it seem obtainable. There will be others that do this. It's kind of like if you look at how air travel started, like the Wright brothers started doing this and they figured out how to do it. And then Boeing and, you know, these other companies started privatizing it. And it was really expensive and only for the most elite. And then it became, I can get a $15 flight to Florida tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not necessarily that he's privatizing it. It's the fact that he's making it accessible for others to actually say, Oh, we can do this and move in that direction. I'm, I'm wondering how much of that model continues to exist. Because one of the things that a lot of people talk about right now is, uh, like, how is the the economy in the near future, how is that going to be different than how things are now? Right. And that is an interesting question. Oh, here. Well, but, uh, I'd like to see uh, Elon Musk be the first person to really start making, like, maybe not even robots, but, like, Halo suits. 
Well, and that was that was my next theory is like I wanted to I wanted to talk about this a little bit. So I love Gundams. I think they're probably the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, like a fictional creation. Um, but realistically, they're very unnecessary. I don't need a 20 meter tall robot with, you know, a 20 ton machine gun or cannon. My car does really well for me doing what I need to do, traveling from one place to another. And if okay, you could what? make that more efficient, that would be great. But, like, I'm not going into combat. I don't necessarily need a war robot. Okay, yeah, but let's say there starts being, like, you know, some space-age-level Civil War shit going on. And uh, motherfuckers are building that because they don't have what the army has. And they're like, all right, well, how do you feel about giant robots, motherfucker? We got some Elon Musk robots over here. Well, see, see, I think that's the issue, though, is I, I don't think a Gundam is necessarily effective unless it is the only the only place where and this comes into play into the Gundam series as well, by the way, the only place where the Gundam becomes super powerful is when the technology is so far surpassed. It it surpassed the technology of everyone else so far, or it is so much stronger than what everybody else has. It then becomes powerful and useful. But if everybody has Leos and the government still has tanks, the tanks still win because the cannons on the tanks are just as capable of shooting a leg off of a, a Leo suit. Like, I I don't think you have, you know, it's like a Leo versus a Gundam. The Gundam can kill thousands of Leos. So I think, (laughs) based off of an old combat strategy, but don't you think there could be some value in it being more of just an intimidation thing? No. No, not when you have remote piloted things. No, not at all. If it's it's a human piloting it, sure. There's some value there. Um, but also you have to take into account military training and following orders and they're not going to be intimidated by whatever it is, especially if it's a known quantity. I think, yeah, sure. The surprise is maybe impressive once and works once, but once that's a known quantity, it's no longer useful. And there's no reason for me as a regular citizen, like if I'm going to go to work, I walk out into my driveway and climb 15 meters into my leo's cockpit that's way less useful to me than hopping into my car and driving to work well i don't think it would be a a point a to b thing that's what what i'm saying is like the average need is a point a to b thing i think automatic travel and self-driving vehicles are way more likely than a leo suit or a a giant robot i feel like if you go back like 100 years or so you could make like the same argument about tanks well the the marines are getting rid of their tank divisions like they're gone sure but i know people that own tanks you know what i mean yeah no you can go buy a tank right now right for sure so i mean it's one of those things where like i feel like 100 years ago you would be like yeah i would own a tank like no that wouldn't be practical why the hell would you have one but like you know people do that though no but you can go buy a giant robot right now too there's one just sold on ebay really 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had. Uh, you didn't see this thing? No. Uh, I'm, I'm sold on eBay. Um, I forget what it's called, but it. I mean, if you type in "giant robot sold on eBay," the U.S. and the uh, Japanese both made one of these things, and they had a fight that was really just them like oh, picking up cars and crushing them. I do remember seeing that. See, and that like paintball guns. Like, dude, I think we're going to have mechs if for no other reason than just hobby. Oh, well, we already do. Go watch BattleBots. Yeah. Like, that's that's robot fighting. Yeah, I feel like that's just going to turn into some shitty drone combat or something. I don't fucking... Like, that's not real robot fighting to me. That's... Because the person's not in the cockpit? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'll be honest, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like it it's feels like a more advanced version of uh, what what was that that old game that you would play like Rock'em. It was a Rock'em Rock'em Sock'em robots. robots. Yeah, it just feels like that with a remote controller. Like, great. I don't Megabots. That's the, that's what this is from. Um. So the thing is, I feel like having the pilot in the cockpit at that point it becomes an arms race of make the cockpit invulnerable. Yeah, and you can make something really invulnerable at this point, Not right? Even. Like, um, <clears throat> because like all that different from from the the battle bots thing. But did you ever see? I think it's like Love, Death, and Robots or something like that on Netflix. I didn't watch it. No, you need to fucking watch it. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. I so need to see that. It's just like the Animatrix and shit, right? Okay. There's a bunch of different stories. They're all like 15 minutes long or something. Um, and they don't have anything to do with each other whatsoever. It's different art styles and everything. Um, but the very first one that you watch is the one that got me hooked. Is like this neo future of like underground beast fighting, and I guess the beasts are like artificially made, yeah, just weird monsters with weird appendages and shit. And uh, you control them with like a Neuralink. And if they get hurt, you get hurt. And they'll, like, go in and rip each other's arms off and shit. So, so does it rip your arm off, off, or does it just feel like no, it? it just feels like it, yeah. Okay. So, Cause, cause but, you're right, you know? but why, you wouldn't put that in your fighting robot. You wouldn't want that feature. Like, but you're not going to, by choice, put that in there. I mean, I, I guess if you want to do it for sport. I mean, we literally, like, the most popular sport in America is, like, let's take two heavyweight guys and smash like, them against each other for two hours. Like, come on. There's literally a movie made about this. I forget what it's called. It's got, I think it's the guy from Wolverine. I forget his name. Um, It's a robot boxing movie. Yeah, I remember that being a thing that I didn't watch. With Hugh Jackman. Real Steel. That's literally what you're talking about, by the way. I heard that movie sucked, though. Oh, it was terrible. But it, it, in theory, like I'm saying, like what you're talking about is exactly what that movie is, as far as like entertainment goes. It's yeah. like people that are then like programming and training their robots to fight, and then they go into the ring and fight. But yeah, that movie's fucking terrible. But the robots were cool. You know what? Well. The reason I say that I feel like that could be a thing is just be like, like a couple of years ago, and I really wanted to watch this, which speaks volumes as well. But like, there was an ultimate taser ball league. Of course, there was. Like, do I think people would set that feature up on their fucking mech? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I maybe, sure. but I, I guess, no, like, for but... sport, maybe. But I mean, like, for realsies, like, nobody's going to do that. Oh, no. No, but for, like, sport, yeah, for real. You know, but now that I think about it, it could be more interesting if you had something like uh, Pokemon. I know I played some games like this before, like, back in the 90s, but, like, ones where you could, like, make a, a little mech and basically Pokemon battle with it. That's Armored Core. <laughs> I, I mean, essentially, but no, like, I'm trying to remember one of the games that I, there was one I think it was called, like, Power Glove or something like that for the Game Boy. Yeah. And that's literally all it was. Like, you would collect little robot figurines and then have them go fight each other and you could put upgrades on them. I mean, think about how popular Pokemon is, plus robots, but, like, real life. I mean, I feel like we're just headed towards Godzilla and Kaiju at that point. Like, you're going to have, like, one country, you know, that's, like, all about the you've got the leviathan book series or whatever it's called i forget the name but you've got the people that are all into gene splicing and like making giant you know genetic hulking battleships that are actually living organisms against people with you know gundams which also by the way gundams win every time (laughs) um but it's just it's like this I feel like people have gotten so far away from like aesthetic that that's how we end up with things like the Abrams tank. It's a box with a cannon, but it's a really fancy high tech box that costs billions of dollars. I feel like that changes over time though. Right? Like a lot of the reason that we are for or function over four, but all that shit right now is because of the world wars. But, like, what have we seen in, like, recent history, right? Everybody wants to be an athlete, uh, a rap star, uh, an artist. Like, everybody wants to be a streamer and a podcaster. Like, that's, like, I feel like that ends at some point soon. And it starts becoming a lot more about the aesthetic. Well, and yeah, I, I feel like that's, if you start looking at things like universal basic income, and suddenly everybody's going to charge the same amount because they know people aren't able to spend more than X aside from very rare circumstances where somebody's like, Oh, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon and get paid a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like, those are the rarities. They're going to pay for the custom and they're going to go to the one guy that does it. But then everybody else is like, Okay, well, everybody's going to spend $100 on a car. Like, I I realize that's a low number, but let's say $100 for their car. Sure. The only thing to get them to choose your car versus somebody else's car is to make it look cooler. Right. Or perform better. But if somebody makes something perform just as well and it looks cooler. So now all of a sudden we're selling a Honda Civic that looks like a Mustang and a Mustang that looks like a Mustang at that point it's like well you know does it really matter i'm probably going to go with the one with the better gas mileage i feel like part of the problem is just our constant need to like fucking grow and develop something new all the time to keep making money which i think is one of the things that's going to come to an end because like 
back in the day, you got a Game Boy, right? You're not getting anything better than a Game Boy for a while. Right. It's going to be several years. So, like, yeah, give me a Game Boy in black and red and yellow and a Pokemon one. Why not? Right. But we're getting to a point now where, like, even if you're looking at a phone, which one's better? Well, this one's slightly better, but there'll be one that's, like, twice as good in, like, two months. And then three months after that, there'll be one that blows that one out of the water. Right. There's the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11S, the iPhone 11X. You know, it's it's just frustrating because consumers are also burnt out. Like, Apple has even slowed down on their development of that sort of thing where they're like, okay, well, people aren't buying these mid-tier generation phones because they're they're not interested they don't have the money to spend a thousand dollars every year but they might spend a thousand dollars every three years yeah so now instead of like you know oh we added you know one feature now they're like okay we put in a better camera we added more space the whole thing is waterproof like you're seeing like generational increase in technology yeah I think a lot of it too is just getting to the point where it's unnecessary as well oh for sure like i i generally don't buy new cell phones until the current cell phone i have quits working yeah because like they could put new stuff in it but like i don't really care i don't even i don't care how good the camera quality is i barely even use my camera i mean honestly the camera is the thing i use a lot on my phone like i get a lot of use out of it but also my last phone the camera was almost as good and for the the reasons that I use it, I can't really tell a difference. Like, yeah. it looks better when I'm looking at it, but as far as, like, posting it online or using it for a website... It's a picture. Yeah, it, it's down-res to the point where it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, other things that are changing is people don't have as much of a need to interact on a human level like interpersonal they can interact via the internet and now with elon musk again we're going back to elon musk because he's tony stark apparently um he put up his um satellite network so everybody is going to have broadband internet like 10 gigabit internet across the whole world wirelessly that sounds pretty dope. When's that supposed to happen? Uh, the satellites are there now. It's okay. going to be this year. Oh. Yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah. So. I, I like technologies that are open to all people. I I feel like, I feel like the other thing people are really getting burnt out on, and, and this goes back to like my political theory and shit like that, but like, I think people are just getting tired of nation states. Like, they weren't really much of a thing before the World Wars. And now they're the kind of just the cause of all the problems. And I think we really just need to get to a point where we're all just working on a bunch of technology and sharing it all together all the time. And the only reason we don't do that now is because the superpowers want to have tiffs with each other. Like, right now, most of the big countries are working on a cure for COVID, but the U.S. is like, no, we don't want to because we're blaming you for the fact that we didn't prepare enough. It's like, okay, this is, so I think it was, I think it was Finland that, or Sweden, one of the two that tested the universal basic income for a year. Yeah. 
and they saw no decline in people's motivation and work ethic. They actually saw an increase. Right. And I think that's a good indicator that like people, they have things they want to do. People have goals, but they have obligations monetarily, financially to their families and their children, spouses, etc. where they can't quit doing the job they don't want to do so that they can continue to survive at a subsistence level at the very least. So you end up with people doing jobs they don't want to do just barely good enough to barely, barely make it by. Whereas like if people all of a sudden don't have to worry about like going and doing something they hate for eight hours a day, five days a week minimum to people are able to spend their time doing something they want to do. You end up with a bunch of people really good at what they're doing and the people that aren't going to do anything already aren't doing anything. You're just paying them to do nothing. I tell people all the time, like, I I don't understand what the point of like making a society of people that need to work just because we've decided people need to work. Like that always seemed like a stupid argument for me, especially if we don't have enough jobs that need to be done or enough resources to do them, even if we needed to. Right. Um, And it's always like, well, how do you get people to do the jobs that still need to be done? I'm like, we're not that different from animals people incentive right we need more people to be doctors cool so if you're going to a bunch of college or high school kids and telling them hey we need you to be doctors uh the obvious question is what are we going to get for it Mm -hmm. like that's all that's all you got to deal with so you either pay them extra you give them lakefront property yeah give them some nice property like you can live in the nice part of town if you're going to be the surgeon i need you know when i get into a car wreck right like you know what you can live in a better house than me (laughs) yeah like you know who i want paid a lot i want doctors pilots and teachers paid yeah like i want the person in charge of my life and the future being paid well (laughs) like other than that people matter to me a lot like i'm not firefighter let the firefighter i want him to live close but whatever's a nice house close by like please and i want you know, the police to be qualified individuals that want to be there doing that. I don't want them being people that really just need a paycheck and don't have any other option. Somebody that was just like, yeah, I don't know. I played doctor in kindergarten a lot and I couldn't figure anything else out on career day. So I decided to be a doctor. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah, but I wish you wouldn't know. I mean, we went to school with people like that and graphic design is a weird thing, right? Because you would assume, especially with all the jokes, that you're only going to do it because you want to do that in the first place. Like, you have some interest in that. But how many people did we go to school with that were just like, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, like, I needed to go to school. My parents were going to pay for it. And they were just like, pick something. And I was like, this seems like it'll be easy. Right. And, you know, like, we've seen those people in the professional space. It's like, oh, God, I hate this person. (laughs) Like... Yeah, I I think I think it's an interesting thing. Like when you look at the military, I don't think you'll see I don't think you'll see them moving away from drones anytime soon. I don't think there's much of a need for a tank anymore. And like the Marines recently completely discontinued all of their tank divisions 
like all armor divisions are gone as of like two years ago. Which um, that seems weird to me. So why would you bother having a tank if somebody not... flying a drone can delete it with a click of a button? Yeah, no, it's not that. I mean, all right, think about it like more this way, right? Like, think about how revolutionary of a technology a tank was when it when it came out. And then remember that that wasn't that long ago. It's just like, that's a very short lifetime for such a significant piece of military technology. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a long life or anything for that technology. But also, if it's not needed, why would you continue to spend money on it? And to endanger the people's lives that are piloting it. I guess I also just fear how quickly we're moving. Like, most of our technology now, let's be honest, like, computer technology hasn't gotten that much better over the past several years. Like, there's been advancements, for sure. But things are mostly just getting faster and more efficient. Well, that that is kind of the way of things. Like, comparatively, you could say the same thing about cars. Like... But like the Model T versus a Tesla, like they're just relatively slight improvements on the original model. I feel like there's big things in that, right? Like automatic the automatic braking system, for instance. Um, I feel like that's a pretty big advancement as to where like computers, it's like graphics cards can do ray tracing now. Cool. What else do they do? It goes faster. It can hold more stuff. Cool. So nothing really new. So that's the thing, though, is it's like, it's like, but like we're getting increases in technology in multiple different things. So like, graphics cards have improved, like CPUs have improved, motherboards have improved. But they're not really getting better as to where like our military. So like for example, is getting it has though crazy all the time because that's where we're spending all of our you know time and money on. It has though because like, like if you look at SSDs and NVMe drives versus like a disk CPU or a disk HD, it's wildly different in the way that it functions and the effectiveness of it. I feel like a lot of these things have been out here for a long time already though. Like they just I mean, popular in the consumer market recently, like that's new. I mean, NVMe drives are fairly new. Like within the last like three years. I feel like it just like the past just in the past decade or like a decade ago we just started using drones. Right. And we were like, what are we going to do with these? You know, they're just, oh, like we could put a camera on them and look at enemy positions. And then 10 years later, it's like, you know, we're building entire armies of these. They're dropping bombs and doing surveillance and, you know, we can put guns on them and shit. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Right. And I, I mean, they went from, you know, being six pounds and barely being able to fly on their own to being you know, almost completely weightless, like, ounces, and being able to carry things ten times their own weight. The fact that we put so much of our research and development on military is is just frightening. Because that's the same reason, I mean, let's keep in mind, like, that's the same reason we have the internet and microwaves and space travel and the atomic bomb. Right. Like, we went from tanks to atomic bomb to space to fucking unmanned warfare. Like, that's 
that's a lot of crazy jumping. Yeah. Um, and now we have legit robots, which is also Yeah, crazy. I mean, like we have bomb defusal robots and we have, you know, the space rover on Mars, Mars rover and like when you think about like robots, everybody thinks of like, you know, Armored Core and Gundam and Wally. But it's like not even that. Like it's it's I'm something as simple like... as like a bomb defusal robot or a drone is technically a robot or your Roomba that drives around your room and knows when to turn around. Like that's a robot. So how do you feel about Chappie? Like so how, how that's, do you think that would be? I don't think there's anything revolutionary about Chappie as far as like the mechanical technology. Like it's a bipedal robot that can walk. Like we have those. Yeah. I guess it's more the AI. It's the AI. And like, that's actually like, so when Elon Musk is like, I'm afraid of AI, like that's what he's talking about where it becomes sentient and starts changing humans' minds and making it, making people agree with the robot. That's where people are afraid of AI. That's actually not where I'm afraid of AI. I'm afraid of dumb people following AI. I'm not. I just accept that that's going to happen. I mean, Regardless. I... I don't think that's going to happen. I think people are aware of it enough early on. I think it's unlike a meteor strike where it just, it's like, well, a meteor is going to hit the earth in two years and there's nothing we can do about it. You've got people that are already making sex robots that they can turn into actual companions. Okay. We are like 20 years away from the first AI robot created death cult or something like that. Like that's going to fucking happen. I don't care. Um, I'm more worried about, AI, not in a like a personal sense, not like synthetic people or anything like that. Like that's gonna happen. I think it'll be dope, but I think it'll be more like AI used within specific systems. Right. Like generally, AI is not like, like a. It's it's not a. Out. It's not like a person. Like AI isn't like necessarily like. Oh well, I'm a sentient being. Like you're not getting. Um, What's his face from the Avengers? Um, it's like when we get the first government that's like controlled or courts that are controlled by AI or something. You know what I mean? Right. That's yeah. What I'm about. Well, and I mean, like, we're kind of already there with algorithms, like, right. you know, censoring things on Facebook and Twitter and like, you know, there's algorithms policing people's email saying like, oh, this guy's emailing things about, you know, jihad or something like that you know like pick a pick a hot topic you know pick one um there's already algorithms looking for you know trigger words and things that make them concerned and they're like okay well this moves from bucket a to bucket b and now we're going to monitor it with a more strict algorithm okay it's surpassed that we're going to move into you know, bucket C, and now we're going to have a person review it. And eventually that person reviewing it never happens. And you've got, you know, a drone deployed based on an algorithm. Like that's the, that's the dystopian future. Everyone's afraid of, right? I guess I'm more afraid of like the cult of the robot. Like all decisions are made by the AI. The AI is correct in all things right i i'm yeah computers can't be wrong and yeah yeah 
this this robot has decided that you are incorrect and we now have to sacrifice you to the robot gods. Kali. Oh, <laughs> Blood for the robot god. Yeah, I think I'm more worried about that. Uh, I mean, I I guess I'm I'm less worried about that because that's a small group of people that could just be like I'm not any more afraid of them being controlled by robots more so than I am them being controlled by you know uh Manson Charles Manson I mean um like they're just I, that's kind of the same level of like scary like oh yeah don't be a fucking idiot and you won't get killed by Charles Manson um right okay so you have small movements like that right but then you also have like Muslims and Christianity and like if you look at Christianity what was that as like a small group of people that believe right you're you're concerned about the crusades part two as told by the robot god not that it's just that that small group that nobody takes seriously very quickly turns into the hottest new religion that then yeah then goes on crusades and shit i guess but but it wouldn't even be crusades at that point right because it would be unmanned totally automated warfare by some weird ai yeah yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm less concerned about, like, the people following the robots. I'm more concerned about the robots deciding that people aren't a necessity any, necessity any longer I think and that they're actually a, a disease. I think people are going to realize that first. Oh, people already have. Like, people know that we are detrimental to the planet's health. Like, that's that's the thing most people are aware of. But the I mean, thing is, we have our own self self preservation, like interest in mind. Like, yeah, I I love wolves too. They're really fascinating creatures. But also, I really like being able to go outside with Titus and let my dog go pee, and not worry that they're going to get killed because they went outside, because wolves are all over, and they're hungry. Like so, I'm, I'm more than happy to go and shoot a few wolves if they start to overrun my neighborhood. Here's, here's the other thing that I, I feel like we as a species are going to get very used to the idea very soon that like we're going to need to evolve and natural evolution takes too fucking long. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of like. Like, the synthetic kind of thing. Like, deus ex. Like, people slowly augmenting themselves into being essentially cyborgs. Like, I think that's going to end up happening. Well, we already have cyborgs. I'm one. I can't see without my glasses. Yeah, we're working on it. Like, you know, that's obviously the direction that we're going. Like, we Um, have people with cybernetic arms. So here's one of the... They were talking about this in the Joe Rogan Elon Musk episode, right? Um, the point where we're getting to very quickly where you can, like, back up your memory or, like, a safe state of your mind. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that bothers me. Um, it bothered me when I was religious, and it bothers me as not being religious at all. Um, is, like, what is you? Right. Right? Like, I, you know, I think it, the easy answer is it's your, it's your brain. Right? right. But, like, let's say you back up your memory and you die, and then you get reset. Yeah, but but is it you that gets reset? Or is it just this fully independent 
it, it's just a fully independent brain working based off memory at that point, right? Like you're dead. So I think that's, I, I don't know that there's like a scientific answer to that. I think that's a, that's a personal like feeling like a person is the current living human body or is the person like, I think for a lot of people, it comes down to where does the soul reside? Is it in your physical heart? Is it in your brain or is it like is a question as well? Well, and that's what I'm saying is like, I feel like there's no scientific answer to that because I feel like that is a question more based on personal belief. I don't think that's a scientific question. I feel like anytime you have something that's based on personal belief, that's only because the information for it isn't there yet. Mm. Um, no, like the problem is the problem is the problem is when you talk about something like a soul, that's not a scientific thing to begin with. Right. But you can still talk about like what happens to that stream of consciousness. Like that's still a thing you can investigate. And so like my thinking of it is like, no, you still die. Like you're never going to remember anything. Like you're not going to wake up. So your brain or saving a brain state is basically like dressing up a puppet that acts like you, which so, just kind of seems even more creepy. So if you like, watch, else that's alive will be like, Oh, that's him. But like, it's not though. I think you need to watch altered carbon. God, I've tried so many times because it, it covers that exact issue where it's, we, we get the technology to back up your, your brain in, what they call a stack, which is basically a USB drive that lives at the top of your spinal cord in the back right. of your neck. Um, and essentially what happens is if you die, they can pull your stack out, your USB drive and load you into another sleeve, which is another body. So it, it's your exact consciousness as you left it when you died, loaded into any body, whether it looks like the last one or not. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that really just comes down to what is consciousness at that point, which I don't know if there's a right a definite answer. To well, that and either. that that's what I'm saying is like that. I feel like that is a that is a non scientific question because according to this this fictional work, a person is based on their brain and if that brain is backed up to a usb drive and then loaded into another body it's the same person because they can also take that usb drive and load it into virtual reality and torture them so here's the thing though could you do two of them so you can but i guess it causes corruption and issues with the backups and so this is the question that I have. It's like though. a taboo thing in that universe. It's it's another one of the reasons I don't believe there's such thing as a soul. Because if you can save up your your consciousness like that, right? Well, also, don't get me wrong. This is a fictional thing. This is a Netflix series, no. not, not real life. We're just talking about how we would understand things to work. And, and, of course, we haven't really done this, so we don't really know how things would work. But if you could back everything up in your brain, and then reload it onto like another body or another brain or something. Um, 
but then you could also clone that. So you could have two of you at the same time going on. <laughs> then what is the individual, right? What is... Like, how does that... Because I feel like if there's a soul, then you've just kind of made a... Uh, what is it, like a loophole in reality? Right. And that doesn't make any sense. Or is one of those the real one, and is one of them the fake one? And what determines well, that? What would be different, though? Well, that's you what know? I'm asking you. Is it the original copy? Is it, like, if you have a sheet of paper that you write a story on, that is the original if you copy it, there's really nothing different from the copy than the original, other than the original was the first one. But it's still the original. So if you burn the copy and you still have the original, then you have that original. But what if you burn the original and keep the copy? Is that now the original? Like, that's the question, right? I mean, I really don't think we are as i guess individual or you know we we've always we've always as a species tried to push like a certain level of individuality upon ourselves which i don't think actually exists i think it's more um i think we only exist as we understand it because of time right like you only exist it's all relative to, it's all relative to the present moment right you know like even if you had two copies of the same person, they wouldn't necessarily be thinking or doing the same thing at the same time because they would be in different places and having separate experiences from, you know, whenever they both started, I guess. So, and they, so like, let's think about it this way. So let's say I make a copy of myself, identical copy, a hundred percent. I go to sleep and sleep for eight hours my copy stays awake and watches movies for eight hours. I have no knowledge of those movies. My copy now knows the plot of all of those movies. We've had watched it. We've had completely different experiences. So now we're not identical anymore. So it ceases to be the same thing. You're identical up to the point in which you are identical. There is a divergence at which one being becomes unique from the other, which is almost instantaneous. So I guess then the only reason you should back up anybody, anyone's brain, other than just, you know, because I want to, right. Is to preserve a certain way of thinking or a certain stream of consciousness. Like it might actually make like autistic people more valuable. Right. In the future. (sighs) Because you're like, I need a brain that's wired to work specifically well, this way. And yeah, so so Frank mentioned it, and it, it's a good point. So think about the Star Wars clones. So they picked a perfect soldier that was perfect as far as following orders. It was the perfect soldier. They followed orders. They did what they were told. They were strong, reliable, healthy. This is the ideal individual to clone 10,000 copies of. So then you start thinking about like, Oh, well, what's worthy of a clone? You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, like, in order to get a backup of yourself, what do you have to do? Is that a gate? Is that something that costs a lot of money that only doctors and neurosurgeons, pilots, you know, three-star generals, presidents, they warrant, you know, uh, a backup? 
So what, what or is it something you just back up on your cell phone? What if everyone, what if it is just that though? Like, what if it's just something you back up on yourself? What if we effectively cheat death because of it? Like, you know, things could still happen. The data could still get corrupted. You know, you could still technically kill somebody, but for all intents and purposes. Right. And that's one of the, that's the thing death. that, that's the thing that they get super deep into in, in ultra carbon. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah. oh, okay, well this guy's super rich. So he's got satellites with, you know, constant live backups that nobody can reach. But the average Joe only has the thing in the back of their neck. And if somebody happens to stab them in the back of the neck, the hard copy has gone. And so that's a real death for them. Let's just say after a thousand years on average, uh, people just become so intolerable. Somebody murders them, right? Let's just say the average lifespan is a thousand years. Like, what does that do to us? Right. We've always existed on the idea that like, you know, death is inevitable you need to have it and that's how you get like new ideas right like because if the old generation doesn't go away if the old power doesn't go away then it you know what is the what does the new generation do achieve death at that point i mean there's there's really no telling right like it's not something you can just have an answer to would you would you do the star wars thing would you let like a military or something clone like thousands of you. Cause I don't know that I would. I mean, I, I feel like if they're interested in cloning thousands of me, I don't have a choice. I mean, I mean let's say you did though. Like, would you like, would you be okay with that? I guess it would depend on the reason and the motivation and the, the military. Like, why are they, why are they cloning it? Is it because I'm the best drone pilot and that's the only reason they just need a bunch of drone pilots? Probably not. But like, if it's something like, you know, your genetics could save future generations because you're, you've got this weird gene that's resistant to disease or something like that. Like, yeah, probably that seems like a good cause. Like, I think it's very situational. I mean. For me, I just I think I would just feel uncomfortable in general. Oh, I, I I think it's an uncomfortable thing, but also I feel like if you're like, oh well, they're they're gonna make thousands of clones of me because it might save future generations from disease or famine or whatever the cause, then it's just as bad to not okay. let them try so to do that. Let's say they they do want to do that for that reason, right? But the only way that they can do that is they have to, like, clone a bunch of copies of you and then, like, rip them apart to get the, like, organs or whatever. Like, whatever is needed from you. Um, I mean, I, you, you I, I am, you know, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if that's something that's going to save millions of lives, then yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that. Like, the whole, like, oh, would you let, you know one lady die to save a thousand people like yeah probably that would just be so traumatic that would be so i'm not saying it's good no, yeah no, no. Yeah. like i i don't think that's an easy choice or a, a good thing but i also think like at some point you have to be realistic about like well but it, it needs to happen yeah yeah like you're not gonna be like well i really like this one person so fuck that thousand you know, person stadium of people. You know what I mean? 
I'm going to feel like that's what we do half the time now anyway, though. Oh, for sure. Like, I want this thing, so fuck a thousand of those people. No, no don't get me wrong. Definitely that happens. Um, and it's bad. And I feel like that situation, if it were to ever come up, it would never be in within your choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not making that decision with your thoughts and feelings in mind. But. All right. So in closing, what do you think is ideal as far as giant robots? Do you think it's like speed? Like, on, like, on a, like, like what like, I would want pre- preferentially. What makes a good giant robot? Is it speed, maneuverability, like flight, like transformation? It's it's definitely speed and guns. Yeah, like transformations are cool, right? But that takes time, and I don't give a shit. Um, it it just kind of looks cool, but that just seems unnecessary. And any tank game that I've ever played. Like, if you have a ton of guns, but you're just a sitting duck, like, that's not helpful, right? I mean, I think that depends on how tanky you are. Well, but that's why I liked heavy arms. Like, that's like, that's why arms... battleships work, because they've got this thick armor plating. They, they can, like... the little ships can shoot at them all day, and those shells don't actually go through. That's just not my style, I guess. It just I don't, that's not what does it for me. The reason I liked heavy arms is not only because it had, like, more guns than everything else. But, you know, that motherfucker can move around. Right. Like, he used his weight to his advantage. Like, specifically. And plus, they always did stuff like, uh, you know, we'll put, like, boosters on your fucking shoes so you can just, like, skate your way to the enemy. God, that was was the thing that felt so good about Armored Core was the, like, the boosting around. Skate boosting, yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, because you want to do that. Like, you don't... Like, the one thing you hate in Mech Warrior is, like, all right, I've got tons of guns on me, right? I will be to the battlefield in, like, 39 minutes because I move slower than a tortoise. Right. That was the problem with that one Xbox game that was, like, a big deal, Mech Wolf or something like that. Uh, Mech Assault or whatever? Yeah, there was one of them where it was just, like, 30 minutes to actually get to the fight, and then you die in, like, 20 seconds. It was basically, like, World of Warships if you had to drive from fucking Puerto Rico to Florida. Like for real, <laughs> it's like yeah, sit so here for forty-five minutes in my battleship and then get blown up in twenty seconds. Um, that's how that game worked. I forget the name of oh, Chrome Hounds. That's what it was. That which one was the one? And there was one game that I always wanted to play. Um, but it was like a three hundred dollar game because you had to buy this giant console. Yeah, I had the big Hotas thing. Yeah, is this Steel Battalion or something like that? Yeah, Steel Battalion. Oh, man. I remember going to the game store and being like, I wish I could afford that because I'm a massive nerd. You know, I, I actually never heard of that until after, like, it was all a thing. Like, I heard about it on a podcast, like, a year later. See, I, I only knew about it because they had the console in the game store, and I'm like, I need to know what that is. Yeah. And, and it's a cool-looking thing having some things that survived GameStop for a while. Unfortunately, when they got rid of our, our local mall around here, it ceased to exist, but yeah, you know, we went to a little off topic here, but we went to a game store that was in a college town nearby and they had a bunch of like random stuff that you can't really get anymore. Like, you know, original Pokemon red and blue, like that kind of shit. SNES. Mm -hmm. But the prices 
were all just whatever you would buy them for on eBay. Yeah. And I do not. Because that's who they're competing with. I do not understand why they do that. Where they're just like, well, that's how much it is on eBay. All right, then I'll buy it on eBay. Yeah, I've gone into. We have a local game shop. We have a local game shop that's just like that. And I said, I asked the guy, I said, hey, you know, I came in to see if I could pick that up for a little bit cheaper, you know, or at least not pay for shipping. But like, I can order that cheaper with shipping from you know amazon and he's like yeah but you can have it right now and i was like okay but like i'm gonna buy it for less money i can wait so would you be interested in selling it for the same price so that i i can give you the money And he's like no dude that's the price and i'm like okay well then you're getting nothing then you get no sale (laughs) and i'm going to order it for less money somewhere else and he's like, well, you're not supporting local businesses. And I'm like, yeah, because you're dumb. I never understood. Look, I, look I'm, I'm all about supporting local businesses. I prefer to shop at local businesses whenever possible. I hate going to places like GameStop if I can go into what we used to have here was Power Gamer. I would always go to Power Gamer first. Um, but I feel like it can't just stop at you know, support local businesses. The local businesses have to support you too. Yeah. I'm not going to pay you ten, twenty dollars extra for something. Uh, like, just because you decided to open up a store. I'm happy to shop at your store, but yeah, you need to not price gouge either. Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you want to sell a game that's, <laughs> let's say it's a hundred dollars online and you also want to sell it for a hundred dollars. Okay, that's great. I can give you a hundred dollars, and I can get it without paying for shipping. Well, and what you're also telling me is that even if I buy this right now, right at this moment, because it's the same as online, what you're telling me is don't ever come shop here again, because because you can just, you can just order it online. You don't need to leave your house. Well, and right? that's that's kind of how that's been with the the local game shop for me. Is like their prices typically are the same as like buying it online, but. I don't have to wait. So if there's ever something where it's like, I need this today. Like the last thing I bought there was a PSP charging cable. Right. Because Titus wanted to play a PSP game and I didn't have a charger. And I was like, okay, well I can order one for $12 online. And I call the place and I was like, Hey, how much are these? If you have them? And they're like, Oh, they're like 12 bucks. I was like, okay, cool. So I ran over there and grabbed one paid exactly what I would have paid online you know, I have free shipping, so it wouldn't have cost me shipping, but I got it instantly. Yeah. Like, I feel like other than that, like, there's no reason to go there. Cause like, yeah, I'm not going to spend time and gas money to go to your store. If like, I can just have someone bring it to me. Video game accessories are definitely a thing, right? But yeah, I think for the most part, video games are rough because even if you want something midnight release, Okay, I, I've already preloaded it on my system of choice. They they actually it's tested that. Yeah. They, they tested that on Giant Bomb, and the person that pre-ordered online got it like 12 hours earlier than the person that pre-ordered it and went to the midnight release. Like, there's no, there's no, no benefit in getting a physical copy of anything anymore. Well, the benefit was always the added special stuff that you could put in there, right? 
Well, well the people that care about that too, though. But but everyone stopped doing that anyway. Like that stopped bringing in the money. And one of the last companies that you know still did that all the time was Bethesda, who I don't think they're going to do that much more. Like they'll might they'll probably do it for like Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah. But in general, I don't think they're going to do that much more. Not after the backlash they got. It, it's a legitimate collector's item where it's just it's just the people that want you know they want the thing to put on their shelf and it's probably 1% of the total sales. If that half a percent. So it's weird too. Cause like now what even is a real kick in the ass is when you pre-order a game or even if you buy a game from GameStop, um, right. Like as soon as you open it up, it's like, cool, here's the code. So you can just go download it. Yeah. That feels real bad when you buy a physical copy and it's just got a, a code oh, in there that's that... why i stopped buying that's why i don't buy pc i haven't bought pc games yeah. since civ 5 civ 5 was the last pc game i bought right when it came out because i couldn't wait to play it i've been wanting to play a civ game because i hadn't played one since college um and like i was just all about it and as soon as yep. i got it the disc in there was just a disc that took you to the website to install steam and it you know, I think uh, I think I got a Steam account actually. I actually think Guild Wars Two was that way for me. I Guild think... Wars Two is its own separate client. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like when I I think when I bought Guild Wars Two, oh, it's just a code in the box. Yeah, it, it was a code in the box, and the disc just installed the launcher that then yep. updated. Yep. But I had to go. It was like, hey, you know, type in your code to activate your account. That sort of thing. But yeah, it was like, it's like here you have to, I was so, I remember being pissed. I remember talking about this with you because I was like, but I don't fucking want Steam. Like, I don't want to download it. I just want Civ 5. Yeah. Why and that was, physical copy that like blew my mind because I had been using Steam since high school. Right. Like back when, like I got it for Counter-Strike 1.6 and I think it was like 1.4 at that point. Um, so I had had Steam for like. At that point, let me think here. Um, I would have had Steam for 2005 to 2017. Yeah, see, I don't think I got Steam until like 2000. No, 2000. That would have been 2015, right? No. When I don't remember when I graduated college now. Uh, I graduated in '09, so you either graduated in '09 or '08. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was '09. So it would have been 2004. I had Steam, and then so 2009. Yeah, so for five years. You're saying this like you can't just go look at your Steam account and it'll tell you. <laughs> I I don't actually know where I look at that profile. Yeah. You should have the badge that tells you. Uh, Fifteen years. Okay. So April thirteenth, two thousand five, I got Steam. Nice. So yeah, I've I've had it legitimately for fifteen years. I was very much like Andrew, where I was like, you know, I don't want to download a bunch of these installers. I don't want to download because I've been playing PC all my life, and I always had a ton of games. Like I still have all these discs that I can't use because I don't even have a CD drive anymore. Um. But I was like, yeah, no, I want the physical disc. Like, what happens if this goes offline? Like, I want my disc copy. So 
because it's like, oh, you won't be playing this game in 20 years. So that never... Morrowind's 20. I still have my first original copy of the disc. Yeah, I do too. I will still play it. Like... (laughs) I guess it doesn't bother me that I have the Steam. Like, it didn't bother me having Steam because it was for online-only games at that point. Yeah. Like, if they ever went offline, I was like, well, I'd never play it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have a problem now because I play everything through steam but i also guess that steam has turned into like having deluxe cable television yeah it's like oh there's 1500 channels i don't want to watch i want to watch something and i don't want to watch any of these (laughs) they they do still do counter-strike online frank yeah you can still go to twitch and watch uh counter-strike it's one of the most popular esports actually um but the other thing too is a lot of the old games like that you do have the disc for. Yeah. They actually won't even work on modern computers. So like you might be able to get them barely running in some cases, but in a lot of cases, the actual hardware on your machine isn't compatible with the software on the disc. So even if you do have a disc drive in a computer and you load that disc in there, it's probably not even going to run on your computer. So you would need to keep around like an old, like 2000 era PC just to have a chance at being able to run those discs. I mean, I just, I can't run this. Like I said, I don't have to it, it's right. Like I, that's what I'm saying though, is like at some point it's like, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of giving in to the demon Like, you're giving in, like, yeah, Steam is questionable, Epic Store is questionable. I don't think it's as questionable anymore, because people have the ability to, like, pirate and download and data mine and all this other shit. Right. So it's like, yeah, you might miss a game for a few years, but someone's either going to bring it back, clone it, it's going to become freeware. It's one of the nice things about having things digitally, it's just that... At the end of the day, it's just a, a bunch of info, and you can get right. that info anywhere that and, you want. And, you know, there's, just like Warhammer Online went offline, like, you know, 10 years ago. But there's still yeah. a thriving Warhammer Online server that you can go and play right now for free that's actually continued development past the end of the game. I absolutely cannot believe that EverQuest is not only still a thing, but they still <laughs> Still getting for expansions, it. too. Yeah, who who the fuck is still playing original EverQuest? A bunch of degenerates. <laughs> you like, have to be, right? Yeah, there's no other reason to play that trash game. Like, has this game ever gotten substantially better? Like, I would have more understanding for people playing Wildstar. Which I thought was a cool game, but also the most average MMO with a terrible cash shop. But... At least that was kind of an interesting game. Yeah, yeah, you kind of nailed it there, Frank. Like, PS1 works in PS2, but PS2 not in PS3, PS3 not in PS4, PS2 and PS4, etc. Yeah, it's because they changed the architecture of the hardware. So, like, that hardware doesn't actually work with the things that are written on that disc any longer. Yeah, you run into a lot of problems with that the farther back you go. Um, I remember when I was downloading some emulators, I was downloading emulators for the Sega SG-1000. Yeah. 
Like they have to write different cores for emulators. Well, it's not even just writing different cores because it does get to be mostly that when you're doing like PlayStation era stuff. Yeah. Um, but when you go even farther back, when you go to early Sega and like, you know, arcade machines, uh, you know, those boards were designed specifically to make weird noises and shit. Yeah. So like even when you're emulating them, it's like this is the closest to how it would have worked that we can get. Right. It. They're like coding things on top of it to try to like pretend. Yeah, play pretend is exactly it because it's like, like well, without the original board, you're just simply not. Yeah, there's going like to do some of these. There's things. like modern cars that are so quiet that people don't like it, so they're using the speakers to play engine sounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're legitimately doing that. I like how that's an argument too. By the way, it's like oh, people are getting hit by more cars. Why? Oh, because they can't hear the cars coming. Yeah, great. Which is kind of funny. Why were they not looking both ways? kindergartners know this it's not... <laughs> because they can usually hear the car <laughs> they're not people, deaf people, people get so lazy as adults man it's just like look well both ways. it's, it's easy to fall into a habit though man like i'm guilty of it you're guilty of it like it's easy to fall into a habit like i, I don't generally comes... it's not something like looking both ways in the street that i don't do <laughs> but i look, i, I can understand it when it comes to things that involve my life like I always live near busy streets anyway. Like if I go anywhere, I'm I'm always looking every direction before I cross the street. Like that shit freaks me out. Should I yeah. always put my keys on the hook so I know where they are? Yeah, I'm gonna forget to do that constantly. Um but I'm not gonna forget to make sure I don't get hit by a car when I walk into a street well, because I'm not retarded. <laughs> I mean, like but I've definitely merged in front of somebody in traffic that I didn't notice was there because I was just like too lazy to look in both mirrors. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> well, and I guess I was, it's not that I was too lazy. I just looked and didn't see them or I didn't yeah, look I, long people, enough. People get in my blind um, spot and sometimes yeah. you, you know, they'll be like, oh, you need to wait three seconds. Yeah. You can't always do that in rush hour traffic. That's just not. And there, there's nothing to say that like somebody that walked into traffic in front of a car didn't just get distracted by a bee like flying by their other ear or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of shit happens. But like I'm also the guy that's like afraid of sharks in their freshwater lake. Like like I know it's an irrational fear, but it's a fear of what's not there. Like I can't you know, I, see. I feel like shark is a more rational fear there, even even if they're you're in a place where sharks aren't gonna be there. Because the one that gets me is jellyfish. Yeah. Fuck jellyfish. I don't well, give a shit about sharks, right? And if alligators. If I see anything that looks like a shark or an alligator, I'm not going to be anywhere the fuck near there. Well, see, that's like, the I'm thing, though. Back on land, I'm getting back in my car and driving away. Well, that's the thing is, there's never been a shark in the lake that I live at. Right. But, but that doesn't afraid... stop my brain from pretending that there might be a shark in that swimming you, you pool. Can be afraid and vigilant <laughs> of there being a shark because sharks are fucking terrifying. See, that's the thing. Like, in my mind, in my mind, being vigilant as far as like staying away from sharks is you don't go in the water. I don't go in the ocean because sharks live there. I mean, at all. I, I don't go yeah. past ankle deep. Yeah, no, I don't either. I'm, I'm confident. I, I can outrun a shark one step. Yeah, <laughs> Anything more than that. I'm not confident. I don't know what's in there, but I don't live there and I don't want to be around it. Like I, no, I get that. And I guess to that extent, like I am kind of worried about sharks cause you never know what's going to come through. Right. Well, you can't see. You have no way of knowing. 
But no, it's always jellyfish. One, because the idea of touching a jellyfish grosses me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but I know so many people that have been stung on the dick by a jellyfish. I actually, I was, I was just watching a fishing video where a kid was reeling up a fishing line, like out ocean fishing. Right. And like, sometimes you hold onto the line to kind of like guide it into the reel. So it doesn't get like tangled up. Right. And there was a jellyfish, a man of war jellyfish tentacle on the line that went through his hand. So it wasn't even attached to the jellyfish. It was just like a chunk of a tentacle on the line that still uh. stung him. Uh. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it didn't like kill him or anything, but it was just like extreme pain for like two hours. Yeah. See, that sounds like a whole lot of, I'm not going to do that. But also we've had alligators in our lake, like police have spotted them because people let their damn alligators go in the lake because they got too big for their cage. Who is the asshole? There's a lot of them. I mean, that's why there's, that's why there's an asshole that, yeah, they just got too big. I'm just going to let them go. And, uh, yeah, that's why they're, what is it? The boa constrictors or whatever, or the pythons in the Everglades in the, in Florida. Like it's because the fucking assholes that let them go from their house as pets because they get 27 feet long and are eating, you know, a dog every day for their dinner. Like those people let them go. And now, you know, Florida is overrun with boa constrictors or ball pythons. Is that what it is? I think it's ball pythons. I I don't some kind of fucking snake snakes are another one of those things where it's a lot of nope. I'm a whole bag of fucking no. Thank you on that. Yeah, and, like, I've only encountered snakes here, like, fishing and, like, being in the rivers and stuff, like, twice. And actually both times were within the last year. Um, And that's just because I went somewhere where there was, like, a bunch of rocky embankments. And that's where they'd like to hide. Pause. Give me one moment. couldn't see her, see or hear my dog for a while i was like i hope i didn't leave her outside <laughs> did um, i forget about you she's, usually she's up my ass she's been up my ass for a while um no i i so i i dated a girl for a while that had a snake and that shit freaked me the fuck out yeah, i'm not a fan because she kept it right next to the bed i nope. was like mm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was a big no well and then it died and that was even freakier right because it took us like two days to realize it even died because motherfuckers don't move half the time right uh Uh, steve Irwin didn't get killed by a jellyfish he got killed by a stingray yeah which is a bummer i also have that problem where i don't sweat properly yeah and so i stay really warm all the time Mm. and so snakes are a bad idea for me because like i've had a couple of friends that have had snakes and they're like you want to hold it i'm like sure so i'll try that and i'll be like yeah it's getting really tight and they're like, no, it's just, you know, it's just giving you a hug. It, you know, it doesn't, like, strangle you or anything. I'm like, no, it's cutting off oxygen and blood. It's definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of what the reason is, just because I don't sweat properly. So I'm just really warm. They they probably notice something different. Yeah. One way or the other. They're like, I'm going to, this is warm. I'm going to really fucking strangle this shit to death. Yeah, this no, seems delicious. So... <laughs> I'm good on that. Yeah, now, now I'm just it's like, you want to hold my snake? No. I, I've always been if I had a nickel, that, that's 
better with that though than spiders. I can't. Well, I can't and like spiders. when people when people have things like scorpions as pets, and I'm just like, you you can't yeah. take it out and hold it and play with it because no, no matter how friendly you are, it's still gonna sting you because you're enormous and it's terrified. No, they they still do that anyway. Like I have friends that have um, scorpions as pets and uh, tarantulas and. Uh, what, a, what other fucking horrible nightmarish things you could buy because you don't have friends? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying people don't do it. I'm just saying that that's a bad idea. Like, that's not an ideal pet. Like, get a hamster. I guess it depends on the kind of person you are. Like, you know, most things do. Up, when, I, when I was growing up, like, my buddy had a snake and he would have to, like, you know, feed it mice or whatever. Yeah. And, like, he got the biggest kick out of just sitting there all day and watching him murder the shit out of the mice. And it's like, yeah, there's something wrong with you. Like, <laughs> like that's interesting to watch once, right? Just so you know how it works. Right. But it's not something you should really be that interested in. Like, maybe that guy gets a pet, pet scorpion. Like, maybe that, that's for him. For me, you're right. I'll just go get a rat or a hamster or something. Or, like, if you want to see something eat a lot of stuff, like, put a bass in a fish tank and pour some goldfish in there. Like it'll literally swallow them whole. I mean, I had five goldfish that I won from the fair and one of them ate the rest of them and then shit itself to death. Yeah. There you go. Because goldfish are stupid. I don't understand how we got here from giant robots, by the way. I also don't know how we got here from giant robots. Um, but on that note, I think we need to wrap it up because it is getting late here and I think my wife would like to go to bed. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, um, it was fun and I, I feel like, I feel like I need to give you like some homework for giant robot research. We should, I, we need to get back to doing this regularly. I, I feel like we should, we should pick like, we, we don't have to choose it now, but like we should pick a giant robot movie or like game or something to consume and then discuss it like a fucking giant robot book club. <laughs> Wait, we should do that with any subject. Who do we, who do we got in chat right now? Is it just Frank? Yeah. We should make Frank decide what we're going to talk about next week. Just research that. Yeah. Frank, uh, feel free to text me some ideas on, on what we should talk about next week. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, it was fun to do this again, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to get back into it. So, uh, is this going to be something that's actually recorded? Is this going to be on the website? Yeah, yeah, I'll put this up. Uh, not tonight because I'm tired, but um, I'll put it up tomorrow because I'll have to download the video, strip out the audio, and upload the podcast. So, for you know, for any of the people that might actually listen to this, we're going to have new website and hopefully new podcast stuff finally yeah i mean the new podcast will be up tomorrow and the new website will probably be up this weekend um or at least the start of it like it's technically already there but um a built-out site will probably be there um fully functional by the end of the week so so that'll be great yeah lots of new stuff coming um definitely be doing some more video stuff i think it would be fun to do like a some sort of like a watch party with a giant robot movie. I'd be down for that. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, gosh, what is it? Uh, Pacific Rim 
is a good good giant robot movie um, cause I don't like, it's tough to get people to watch a TV series. Like I would, I would absolutely say like, oh, we need to do like an iron blooded orphans watch party, but that's like, Hey, you got like a hundred hours. I could easily find you like an hour, hour and a half worth of interesting robot based shorts. That would be better than watching Pacific Rim. I really don't like that movie. I mean, I don't like the movie, but I like the robots in the movie. I'm like, going to put a playlist together of robot stuff that I've been finding on the internet because there's a lot of good fan stuff out I there. mean, go watch the Armored Core um, cinematic intro series. Yeah. Like, you can watch all of them put together. I just, I watched it while, like, I had it playing in the background while we were doing this, and it was like 10 minutes. Um, there's a couple of episodes it was really of, cool. of Love, Death, and Robots that I would love. Actually, I would love to watch that. Because I feel like that would spawn a bunch of conversations. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll check that out for sure this weekend. But all right, before we get going again. All right. Uh, well, you guys have a good night, Frank. Have a good night, sir. Um, and uh, we'll do this again Friday. Bye.